Welcome to episode 31 of the Permaculture Pimpcast, the only Pimpcast out there where we discuss permaculture, preparedness, and practical living. How you doing, son? Good. How are you? Man, I'm doing real good, man. It's been a busy day. Hey, remember, y'all, check us out on the Fountain app. Tip a pimp. Yeah, everybody's using that hashtag. Yeah, you say it every single time, yeah. son. So what Tip a pimp. Okay. Well. I mean, everybody uses it consistently. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. All right, y'all, brought to you by Hickory Ridge Soap. TwoOldCrows.com. That's where you can get it. Yep. Turn that mangy man into a sexy beast. All right, y'all. Tip of the day. And I kind of covered it in a video today, so maybe you've seen both. I'm, I can't reiterate it enough. And that tip is use the fertility of others. And what am I talking about? It's that time of the year where the leaves are coming down, y'all. Use it. Take it. People are doing all the work for you for crying out loud. Yeah. I wouldn't collect your own right now, especially with everybody else bagging it up for you. Um, if you collect your own, you're just robbing the fertility from your own forest. So just take everybody else's. They're already getting rid of it. You might as well put it on your property. Just stop through some highfalutin neighborhoods on the way home or a lot of the places where I grew up in Oklahoma where everybody, you can't have a single leaf on the lawn. Now, the cool thing about using trees and the cool thing about using leaves is that all that junk they put in the soil typically doesn't find its way into the leaves. It's usually... It's not going to bioaccumulate in leaves, so that's why it is our number one go-to all the way around. There's Think of the tree as a long uh, filter, like the trunk of the tree is a long filter, and then it has to go through the branch, and then it has to go through that smaller branch, and then it finally makes it to the leaves. And people typically aren't putting any of the junk. I mean, if it is going around trees, then we're finding out that through that filtration, whether it's on the surface, then it's leached through the soil, then eventually to the roots and by the time it makes it to the leaves it's going to be your best form of carbon out there um you you want to be cautious in some you know you don't want to be gathering up a bunch of leaves from black <laughs> black walnut right i mean yeah yeah don't you don't want to use uh black walnut leaves i mean naturally they're gonna you know get in there especially if you have black walnuts around but just just be cautious yeah just be really careful about that anything that's allopathic you want to make sure you stay away from also other fertility we got tonight there's a bunch of places out there, y'all. Uh, Chipdrop.com, I think, is one of the places. There's a number of others also. One of them, we visited a local college, and they basically got mounds and mounds and mounds of wood chips. Some of it been there. Mm -hmm. I mean, some of that stuff has been there forever and a day. And if you dig down deep enough, y'all, you got some balling compost. Yeah. Yeah, that broke down from wood. It's been there a long time. Also, you can get some of that fertility. Uh, ben at Renewed Homestead told me about this one. He probably doesn't want me to tell everybody about it. But, you know, a lot of the power companies, they could be, you know, knocking down trees. There's places where they pile it up. There's also other places where they got logs and stuff that are out there just for the taking. Actually, I just saw Aspland up the road from us today. I never knew how to pronounce that name. I think I'm doing it right. I was guessing. I just say it with enough confidence. That's the correct way. All right. So everybody else out there is going to be saying, yeah, that's, I mean, how do you even begin to pronounce that name? Oh no. But you know, those guys are all over and they're always looking for a place to drop their stuff. But think about it. If you're doing any system like the chicken tractor on steroids, or you just need bedding for your animals, leaves are there y'all. And it's that time of the year where everybody is bagging them up. It just drives me nuts. I'm sitting here thinking, okay, well, it, it does and it doesn't because it makes it easy for me. 
You drive through any neighborhood, and it's going to be going on for a while. You can stack them up. They're doing all the work for you. And if you're one of those people that is bagging up your leaves and sending them off, stop and uh, start piling it around the trees that they fell off of. Or just leave them where they are. Yeah, or just leave them where they are. But if you just want to, like, if you're just dead set on tidying up your neighborhood, just rake them back up against the base of each tree. Or just go out into a, look, we always use Zone 5 and Deep South Homestead, you know, for observation. Now, go out into a healthy forest. Go out there and look on the ground. Just dig up some of the soil you find out there. That is a result of leaf litter. And take notice how long it takes for it to decompose and break down. Nature knows exactly what it's doing, and we ought to be trying to replicate it, y'all. That's what we do here on the Permaculture Pimp Cast. All right, y'all, we're going to get straight into farm news. Oh, my goodness, son. You were out there chopping wood today. We moved those pigs, and you had a bunch. I have an announcement. Okay. I've got my second lemon today. Yep. Hey, I don't and know why you're not excited. nothing to do with chopping that wood. I don't know why you're not excited, but people on Fountain are excited. They were excited about the lemon. Yeah, but you keep throwing it in at weird times. Because we're in it's North like, Carolina. You know, I'm talking about, hey, Joe Biden just did. Hey, I got a lemon today. This is farm news. This came straight to the. This okay. is a lemon that came from a farm in North Carolina. Right, we're gonna, okay, we'll just back up. In the mountains. mountains. Okay, there you go. Okay, so you got a lemon. I got two lemons so far. A lemon to a lime, a lime to a lemon. <laughs> All right, so how about that chopping wood? You were doing some of that today. Yeah, um, I mean, we have a ton of dead wood. We could, I mean, we've been kind of picking away at it every day, uh, just a little bit each day. That, I'm telling you what, that electric chainsaw is off the hook. Yeah, but you need to ease up on it, man. That thing's for when uh, <laughs> things go awry, man. I've been saying, yeah. your mom's chainsaw, man. What are you doing? It's handy. Mom's not out there chopping wood. She's in the office all day. Yeah, but you probably ought to stick to the gas, man. We really need to use that thing. Well, we need to save that thing for when we don't have access to gas, which is, as you know, y'all, a real possibility with all the weird stuff going on. Those today. electric chainsaw chainsaws turn like chopping wood like peaceful because yeah, there isn't I, a bunch I of agree. excess noise. I agree, but you know, it still doesn't have the same kind of power that you know no, a gas chainsaw does, yeah. but. You know, yeah, it does. It It is a little bit more serene when you're doing that. I mean, chainsaw, you know, chopping wood. We're months late, man. We should have did this back in the summer. Yeah. But, um, you know, we got some stuff that's sufficiently dry. It's seasoned. I mean, it's definitely seasoned. Yeah. Some of it's so rotten that I got to use uh, use for bone sauce, which is what I'm actually out there making right now. I started a, started a batch right before we started to record this. So that's where all the rotten wood goes. You, you want to try to avoid using that in your fireplace. Depending on how decomposed it is, we either use it for bone sauce or just kind of let it, you know, finish off right there. Because well, some of those, like, just break when you start prying them up and stuff. Well, we got a lot of that going on. Um, definitely no shortage of dead trees up on that mountain. But, um, yeah, we definitely got wood. And we're going to talk about a lot of that today. Another thing we got going on is uh, your mom has been working at it all day, man. She's been... What, trying to get us off PayPal? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So you I wouldn't mean, believe how hard and difficult they make it. Well, I guess you would believe it. They're making it very difficult to get off PayPal. Well, and there's some things that we do and some vendors and stuff we were working with. We're trying to find ways around that y'all. So PayPal is not going to be, look, if look, we vote with our dollars. We literally do that. And if there's, if anybody knows of an alternative to PayPal, um, that isn't like cryptocurrency and stuff. Could y'all let us know? Like, um, I, well, Dan Bongino had talked about a, a, an alternative that he was working on. I haven't listened to his program in quite a while. So, um, 
Yeah, I know there's got to be something out there. I mean, I know they, you know, defunded Alex Jones, Mike Adams, and everybody else. Yeah. So surely they're using some kind of payment processor, but um, it, it's going to mean a loss of uh, a lot of revenue around here. And you know what? I'm willing to do it, man. I don't care. Look, with what's going on in this world, y'all. I mean, if we wind up living in a shack, I mean, I've just pretty much made up my mind. There, are, there are lines I will not cross. And as a family, we're not going to cross it either. So yeah, getting rid of PayPal. But you also had a, you also had a video. Um, you had a visit today. Oh that you yeah, had to make yeah. So just a reminder, everybody, October 29th, we'll be doing a concealed carry class uh, in Burnsville, North Carolina. So if you live in North Carolina or live near us, uh, go ahead and check that out. Well, who's but it being put on by? It's being put on by Big Ivy Guns. Uh, they're based out of North, uh, Mars Hill. They have a location in Burnsville. And then they have a location in Candler as well. But I'm trying to convince them uh, to start coming to these festivals and selling ammo and accessories and stuff like that. Man, they can't they'd sell. Make a killing, they man. would. Because <laughs> they, they have absolutely no competition at festivals. No. If you go to a gun show, obviously everybody else is competing with you. But if you go to a festival, uh, you don't have that issue. But also, if you guys are wanting, they do ship guns. They will ship guns and ammo uh, to 43 states. The issue with the guns is that they have to send them to like a FF. I think they call yeah. it an FFL yeah, or something like that. But yeah, you just pick it up from there. But yeah, they have a sale going on right now too well, on folks, handguns. Well, you know, the thing about it, folks, we're not being sponsored by them. They're not asking us to do it. We reached out to them. Yeah. Um, and it all started with, um, I mean, I guess it's kind of on the heels of this whole PayPal thing because, you know, we're saying, okay, well, you don't like the way we roll. You don't like the people we roll with. Okay, I guess we'll just go ahead and make our separation. So then we were also, look, y'all, there's been a lot of videos I made that got a lot of advertising <laughs> running to the hills. They're all game to work with us. I mean, especially, I'll be straight up honest with you. There, You would not believe the number of people that say, hey, we really want to work with you. And then they go and see some of the things I said on the front porch. And yeah. They find out that I'm not a... They find out that I'm not some lunatic lib, not, you know, and I don't care what political uh, philosophy, but then again, I'm not a Republican either. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not either one. I don't even care if you're a liberal. You just can't be the lunatic kind. Yeah. So, you know, I got friends all the way around, no matter where you come down. But when these people find out that I'm not singing, not, I'm not drinking the Biden Kool-Aid or the Trump Kool-Aid or anybody else's Kool-Aid that I walk to my own drum, then all of a sudden they go running. So when we came across these people, we were thinking about, okay. There was something I saw at the Self-Reliance Festival. There was a, a presentation by the guy that went on before I did. His name is Dana. In fact, he had probably the most popular video at one point in time. Um, no, he did. He got voted the the most popular video for that year. Well, he also works for another uh, gun outfit. It, the name escapes me right now. But anyway, he was talking about all this litigious stuff going on as far as the guns and everything else. And I was thinking, man, we have got... Because we got Kendra, who's, who's she's from New York, y'all. She's yeah. never picked up a gun in her life. And I'm sitting here thinking, okay, there's times where she's working nights. And if some fool comes out tripping, man, she needs to know how to defend herself. I mean, she's she's very physically capable in a lot of... And well, actually, she's well, probably actually, perfectly fine could, in Nashville. Yeah, she's just fine in Nashville. She can beat up all the guys. Yeah. Yeah, what'd you say? About 95% yeah. of the women and 100% of the guys yep. in Nashville. Yeah. So, I mean, sadly, that's true, but... You know, let's just say there's some crackhead or whatever the case may be. You know, I mean, these this day and age, y'all, you can't be too prepared. Anyway, we looked out and said, okay, Ben and Denise told us about this uh, concealed carry class down there. 
and said, okay, you know what? These are local people. I bet, you know, maybe they would want some, they'd like people to know what's going on. We get, we're signing up also for this class. There's no monetary benefit. There's no benefit to us whatsoever. In fact, these people are probably wondering why we're going out of our way to tell everybody about it. Yeah, it's they because really... they're people like us, just like just like two old crows homestead who's selling the Hickory Ridge soap. We're going to sit here and promote people that promote people like us. Yeah, they kept asking us like, what what can we do to, for you? Like, what can we do to help you guys out? And the whole time I was, you're doing it. I, yeah, I mean, you're doing it. And I told them just. I told them to be the company that we are promoting. Well, that seems fair enough. I, I mean, mean, that's that exactly just, just be exactly what we are promoting. Yeah, so that's exactly why um, any anybody you've ever seen me any products I've ever promoted, it's never been somebody. In fact, every single advertiser that's ever come to me, and believe me, there's a lot of them saying, "Hey, promote this, and we'll give you this. Promote this, and we'll hook you up with this." The answer has always been no. You if can't. I didn't go to them first. The answer is no. If it's not a product I use or one I feel strongly about, I will never promote it. You can't purchase ad time from us. No, that's not going to happen. You can't purchase it. No. I mean, if you come to us, like uh, by off the off chance that you come to us and you have a fantastic product and it works, I mean, yeah, that that can get you ad time. But like, you're not going to just keep throwing a larger sum of money at us until we say yes. Well, it's going to be a process too. I mean, first I got to work it over and I got to scrutinize it. I got to go through it because I'm not about to tell, I'm not about to damage my reputation for the almighty dollar. In fact, I could tell some stories about that as of late, but not only is that not going to happen, I'm not going to go out here and tell all you wonderful folks that this thing is something else that is great. Like so many others are doing just because they're going to sell their soul for the almighty dollar. Okay, we'll move on. So Another thing that's going nonstop, and I'm going to constantly talk about this, y'all. Um, I know I'm going to sound like a broken record, but I really don't care because it's that important. And I mean preparedness. So lately, you've probably noticed if you watched the YouTube channel that we've been putting out videos pretty much every day. Um, things are escalating. And so more and more and more, we're going to put preparedness uh, components into our videos. Not for n- not doing any of this clickbait garbage that so many other former homestead channels we're doing but for the (laughs) express purpose of getting as many people prepared as we possibly can and we're going to be covering a lot more of that if you see a title that is very very catchy for some reason and you seem it seem like it might be clickbait it is not clickbait and it is the actual like the latest one i'm referencing is the uh this will get you killed in a tactical environment. Well, it's a fact. It's a fact. It's not clickbait. It's a fact. It's not like I heard Danny even talk about in his latest front porch talk saying, yeah, you're never going to hear me say, get these 10 things or you're going to die. Or, you know, a lot of that garbage that you see going on right now. So the algorithms are favorite. We talked about it before. I'm not going to go down it again. But look, y'all, we are full tilt boogie in the preparedness. And in between time. Um, and I mean, it's late nights, a lot of times doing a lot of this stuff and I'm not going to complain. There is one thing that if you don't get, you will most assuredly die. (laughs) There's the Holy spirit. We can make that video. Well, you could, yeah, (laughs) well, that is true, but you're going to die anyway. It's just where you go after that. So that's what we're really working on. And, you know, I just want to thank the good Lord for, um, the blessings of our friends and, one of them recently, very recently, just found Jesus, and I amen for that. Yeah. Um. I. 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 I mean, I was so I was so moved by the whole thing, and um. Well, he did a video, Dad. Oh, well, I'm not going to talk about it because I haven't seen the video, so we're just not we're yeah. not going to bring that up because it may not be what he's talking about. So, um. Well, the 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 title of it. Okay. We'll just wait. We'll All just right. wait. Um. 
so anyway, uh, another part of preparedness is, um, you know, we got beans out here that we collected and now I need to snap them, get them canned. Uh, freeze dryers running day and night. And yeah, what's in there right now? It looks like oatmeal. <laughs> no, man. It's just, um, I want, what is it? Just man? to keep that thing going and keep, you know, getting things put back. I went and bought a rotisserie chicken and I had your mom make up some rice yesterday. <laughs> so I made like some like, oatmeal. you know, it does now, but it was supposed to be like some, some whack chicken and rice that I threw together. Man, I got some of that Campbell's uh, uh, cream of mushroom soup, threw it in there, threw some salt, pepper, garlic, and everything else. And it just to keep that free, because I didn't have anything going. I did like, uh, what was it before? I did meatloaf and some leftover something your mom made with uh, sweet potatoes and chicken. And uh, despite what you may think, folks, chicken is not my favorite meat by any stretch. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm just going to keep it real, y'all. I'm not a big fan of chicken. I can give you a long list of reasons why, but I'm um, not a big fan of it anyway. I like meat with more fat in it. Yeah, I'm just, I don't know. To me, look, I'm going to be thankful for whatever the good Lord provides. And, you know, yeah. here before long, I'll be getting some of that out of these woods. Um, in fact, there's quite a few squirrels out here need to go into a, <laughs> to a fry pan here before long. All right, y'all, world news. Son, can you dig it? They closed down the king crab season. Man. Yeah, it was right there on the uh, on the Weather Channel. Now, folks, what does this mean? Is there a shortage of king crab out there? Maybe. Maybe. But how many people rely on that industry? I mean, that's just one more thing that's fallen by the See, wayside. No, this year there wouldn't be uh, uh, something else is going on, I think. I don't think there would be a shortage on king crab this year. That doesn't make any sense. There's been a two-year break. Well, I wouldn't want to be out there anyhow just because of the fact that, you know, who knows, the Ruskies be out there with a Poseidon missile setting that thing off. You wind up. They did come out with an article talking about how the oceans and the fishing and all that stuff bounced back during these two years when everything was shut down. So, and then all of a sudden they blame it on, I mean, what are they blaming it on? Well, there's a a long list of reasons, but it goes back to some green Climate change? Could be. (laughs) Yeah, climate always changes. How about that? (laughs) So, I mean, yeah, so that's, I'm just saying, y'all, you're thinking, okay, man, this is a permaculture podcast. Why are you talking about fishermen? Because it's food, y'all. It's food and it's jobs. And we're losing all, I mean, good night. I'm not going to go into all the numbers they came out with today, but it ain't looking good. My man over there at Pinball Preparedness, man, he's been really laying it down, um, giving you all these numbers. And look, y'all, it's dismal. So I'm not going to church it up and I'm not going to overhype anything. I'm not going to engage in any hyperbole. It is getting real and we better get real with it. Um, All right, next one. Check this out. So, well, all that to say this, put back at least six months of food per person in your house. That's a start. That's a start. That's a start. And, you know, you might even want to put back more, you know. And the reason I say six months is because that's to your next harvest. In well, most places. that's at, I think that's a minimum. That should be a minimum. Yeah. You might even, with the way things are getting, you might even think about, look, this is going back to that prepar- or preparedness ethic. I hate using anything that ends in ER because somehow the uh, media and the pundits and the prostitutes have managed to turn anything that ends in ER into a pejorative. Ever notice that? Just add ER to it and you'll, you'll turn it into a pejorative. But, you know, moving on to it, um, this latest one, and I'm sure a lot of people out there have heard of it, but this Janine Smalls of the Pfizer, um, you know, lunatics. She's basically been regional director for about 30 years over there in the UK or somewhere thereabouts. Openly admitted that the vaccine from Pfizer was never tested on COVID before they released it. Released it. This, released it. Yeah, guys, 
anybody who's not fully saying that this injection is a bioweapon that or that the the this whole COVID crap is a bioweapon and that this injection is is just a way to kill a bunch of people. If they're not fully admitting that, they're in on it. Man, I can't agree more. I mean, at this point, I think this goes to the highest levels. And what I find curious is that seems like just every world leader that didn't get on board mysteriously died all of a sudden, yep. many of them in African countries. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden they died. And look, y'all, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on the wild side just to hear it a little bit. If you read the word, uh, the work of people like Anthony Sutton and a number of others, I mean, intrepid historians that were blackballed when they released to the world what was actually going on in like World War One, World War Two. I mean, he's written numerous books on the topic. Every and, world war, every country's been in on it. There you go. Yeah. So basically, what I'll give you a brief synopsis of it. Let's just start with World War One. You had all these supposed, if you go to the World War I Museum in Kansas City, it won't make any sense to you. But here it is in a nutshell. A lot of these powers that shouldn't be basically realized, hey, we got a population that's really getting out of control here. Maybe we ought to thin them back a little bit. And you got people like Colonel Mendel House, who just happened to be there with the King of England at the time when the Lusitania was sunk. A lot of coincidences, you know, all of a sudden, and then... I forget just how many millions died in World War I and then, of course, World War II. Tragedies on the highest levels. And, you know, I really believe that the powers that shouldn't be get together and say, hey, we got to thin the herd. Kind of like the Georgia Guidestones. How about that? Yep. Andy Frazella had a good point the other day, and I don't know if it's accurate, and I don't think he really knew whether or not it was accurate, but it, it was just like a thought that came to his head. And it was that, like... PTSD and shell shock and stuff like that didn't start occurring until World War One, where wars started being fought for not righteous reasons I or totally, not for defense reasons. I think he's totally all wet on that because, um, so? I, yeah, I know he is because you, well, first of all, it wasn't really documented. There was a lot of advances that happened in World War One. Um, sadly, some of the biggest advances happened as a result of war, but the same exact thing, and we have documented cases of it, they didn't perhaps call it that, but it, we know for a fact that it happened in the Civil War. We know for PTSD. a fact, yes. I mean, they called it something, you know. Okay, well, here, here's the thing. The North was fighting for tyranny. Well, oh, so, well sons, so a lot of that. people don't know that history. Well, surprise, y'all. The North was fighting for tyranny for a dictator. Joel Salatin made a joke one time, <laughs> and nobody laughed. I, 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 he, was, he was teaching a class, and I was in it. It was a pig class, and it's kind of curious because I'm going to have dinner with him tomorrow night. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to bring it up to him, maybe if I could think about it. I mean, when you're in there with a pimp daddy of polyface, man, you kind of get dumbstruck, or at least I do. Um, just one of my heroes, man, and I'm looking forward to it. Anyway, he made a joke when he was teaching his uh, pigs class. It was like a two-day class, and it was in Dallas. And it was years back, and he said something. He made a reference, and then he said, yeah, something about the War of Northern Aggression. Yeah. And that's exactly what it was. But you can't tell that history to most people. Hey, folks, I know we're going a little sideways here, but... You want to read it by now. <laughs> yeah, you ought to be. You, you ought to read that book by Thomas DiLorenzo, The Real Lincoln, and then you find out he's not the uh, saint everybody else made him out to be. And you're probably thinking, "Oh, this is weird coming from a person of color." Well, guess what? History has no color, and um, it would shock you if you read a lot of this occulted history. But yeah, a lot of these people don't think that this COVID going back to the central point, son. I I truly believe, like you said, it was a bioweapon. Um, the powers that shouldn't be were all in on it. 
And sadly, this thing on the other end of it, as far as people taking all that jab, it breaks my heart because there's people I know yeah. and love that have taken this thing and thought they were doing good too. Yeah, they thought they were. And then now they are suffering in the most massive ways. And many of them still haven't yet come to terms like, huh, I got myocarditis all of a sudden. I was perfectly healthy. Oh, 10 other people that I know took it also have it. And nobody's putting two and two together. But we'll just go ahead and leave that. Okay, another little thing I want to touch on real quick. And you're probably thinking, well, what does this have to do with me? It has everything to do with you. And that's the Alex Jones, nearly a billion bucks. They're saying this dude owes to the Sandy Hook parents. I'm, I'm sorry, to Sandy Hook people. Um, yeah, I'm just going to keep it real. Check out the work of Wolfgang Halbig. And if you think that guy is all wet, well, he was considered the number one school safety expert probably on the planet for a lot of years. And he's written some and said uh, some extraordinary things regarding that whole thing. But that's not the point. What I'm getting at, what happened to the First Amendment? If Alex yeah. Jones, I mean, I got my issues with Alex Jones too, y'all. I'm not some acolyte that's, you know, falling over at his every word because I'm not. But let's be real here. Where were all of the... Uh, where, where were all of the suits from the Westboro Baptist Church? I've been to that. Well, I haven't been to the church. I've actually been, when I was doing work years ago at um, a tire plant in uh, Topeka, Kansas, I actually went by that place many times, and I could tell you some stories. But that Westboro Baptist Church was out there protesting the funerals, saying the most awful things. Um Good night, man. I mean, it's 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 all a show with Alex Jones as well. I mean, he's in on it. He's bought and paid for as well. I don't have any doubt on that score. I mean, he look at who he constantly hangs out with. Also, he's going back on what he previously stated, and he's also stated before that the only reason he say says any of this, like he didn't believe most of this stuff, and the only reason he says this stuff is because he has a following that believes it. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. I mean, at the end of the day, the thing that I'm concerned about is the First Amendment. Yeah. I mean, I don't care if he said everything he said. I don't care where he comes down on this. Look, the First Amendment is freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of the press, the right to assemble peaceably and petition the government. There's five things there. And if we don't have our freedom of speech, I don't care how awful it is. We got to allow it. I mean, if the people, the morons... The lunatics at that Westboro Baptist Church can do what they did and do what they do. I mean, I remember when all those little Amish kids got murdered, that they were up there and they were going to protest the funerals and say the most awful things at the funerals of these Amish people. So where's all the lawsuits all over these people? Look, y'all, I'm not a I'm not the world's biggest fan of Alex Jones, but what's right is right, and we gotta I no longer recognize, and I know a lot of you people out there don't recognize the country you came up in. So with that said, son, what do you think about it's this? It's been the same the entire time I've been growing up. Yeah, sadly it has. Sadly it has. I mean, there was a time, 80s, growing up in the 80s, man, it was a lot of fun. I mean, you know, you got you got all your issues here and there, and there was a lot of, I'm sure, decline. But my goodness, imagine yourself. Okay, imagine yourself. I remember years ago when I was in the 82nd Airborne, and um I was at the 82nd Airborne Convention. I think it was in Valley Forge, Pennsylvania. We got to jump out of the planes and all that. And I met these guys, these uh, true heroes, man. And um, they had combat. I mean, when you jump into combat, you get what we call a mustard stain, basically a little gold star. These guys had jumped four combat jumps, survived them all, lived through horrors that would crush anybody. 
they did things. I mean, they were the real deal Captain Americas to me. And I remember seeing these guys standing there and I, I remember just having to hold myself up because I remember, good night, man. These guys jumped four times, lived to tell about it at a time where, trust me, it, I was scared to death every time I jumped out of a plane, but I can't imagine what it must have been like for these guys. We got bullets flying up at you. I mean, strafing, you know, the whole nine yards. And um, they did it four times. And now imagine you're that same person and you're walking through the streets of Asheville. And the mo- the ugliest looks I get is when I have an American flag on my shirt. Now imagine you're one of these guys that did that. Or, I mean, I, I can't even imagine what they must think and they got to be thinking, man, I saw my buddies die for this. Yeah. I saw my buddies die for this. This is what we've become. This is the level of depravity. Well, here we are in the fourth turning, y'all, and it ain't going to be pretty. I hate to tell you that. Look, finally, son, I'm going to ask you what you feel. How do you feel about this military draft that they're now talking about? We're screwed. <laughs> We're screwed. <laughs> um, yeah. So, okay, let me ask you. They better you. get them from the south. <laughs> you better hit them from the deep south yeah y'all. you better you better go up in the cajun country yeah you better <laughs> some people wrestling alligators and stuff yeah oh, testosterone man. is largely gone from what i'm seeing yeah, man skip over Asheville. don't draft anybody from Asheville. well son what if they come after you uh i can get kicked out <laughs> i'll probably get kicked out quickly I mean, there's, I'm not going is the short answer. And yeah. Yeah. We'll save that for another day, y'all. You got to be thinking about this stuff. They're getting serious. Man, that is a jam, dude. Beth Hart and Joel Joe Bonamassa. So you can tell Kendra picked the music again. No, she didn't. <laughs> no, no she didn't, man. Week. You better believe me. that. Mo- that music is balling. You should have heard Mom dying laughing while she was here in the last episode, <laughs> <laughs> dude. That was messed up. She was in the kitchen while she was listening to. It. She knows I, I can't stand her. Dwight. Yoakum. She has her headphones in, and I just see her start like dying laughing in the kitchen with no explanation and she's trying to tell me and she can't but she's hearing the part where dad is going off about hearing that song man i tell you what that was okay well your mom she just she just checked herself out of ever picking any more music out of this place man that was messed up all right y'all the topic of today we're going to get down to brass tacks and we're going to talk about something and it's also something that overlays with permaculture so it's homestead heating and what options you have out there. We're going to possibly throw some at you and maybe throw some ideas at you. Maybe you never considered before. So we're all aware of the, you know, you got gas heat, you got electric heat, you got a wood stove, you know, you even got a rocket stove out there. Maybe we can talk about some of the merits of all of them, but folks, we have got, when I'm talking about this preparedness, y'all, it really extends itself to all that. So let's talk about maybe the plus and minuses of electric heat to start with. Well, well, before we get into that, I was going to say like some of the energy, because a lot of people ask, a lot of people that go to the Earthship Academy and uh, Biotexture and stuff like that already have homes and they're wanting to retrofit their homes. 
So some of the things they like immediately do, like they tell them to do is close off. If you're in the Northern hemisphere, close off all the windows on the, that aren't facing South. Uh, like especially in the, in the winter, just close off all the windows that aren't facing South, like block them up, uh, with, with the insulation and stuff like that. Um, also they recommended filling in your basement here. I understand like this group of people, a lot of people have their, you know, preps in their basements and Ain't stuff like gonna that. Happen. Yeah. So don't necessarily do that, but an easy way to regulate the heat in your house is putting a greenhouse on the front of it. Um, if you, so let's say your hate, your house is facing South. Uh, and you put a greenhouse on the front of your your house and your house and the greenhouse has like louvers up on the top. You can like use convection to pull cool air from the north side of your house through your house and out through the top of the greenhouse. And also you can heat that your house that way through the winter. I never thought about doing that on a conventional yeah. house, but that makes perfect sense. Yep. Then now there's issues with like humidity and stuff. But if we're like in a survival situation and the power's down, you know, go ahead and use the plastic and, and deal with the humidity. No, that wouldn't that wouldn't be a bad idea if you had that no. greenhouse on the south side, depending on which way the house is. I mean, there's always a south on some side of your house. Yeah, the south side of your house if you're in the northern hemisphere and the north side of your house if you're in the southern hemisphere. Well, I mean, that would create some really nice airflow just like it does it in would. Earthship. Yeah, and, and you're thinking, oh, it's going to make my house burning up during the summer. It's not because of the convection. The hot air is escaping through the top of the greenhouse, pulling air through the house, and the only opening outside of that is going to be through the north side of your house. So it pulls air from the shaded side of your house, through your house, and then out the top of the greenhouse. Yeah, I never thought about doing it that way. That makes perfect sense. So look, y'all, more to the story. Especially if you have a porch. Well, yeah, more to the story is... Don't put any greenhouses on the north side of your house. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. you shouldn't be doing that anyway if you're in the northern hemisphere. Um, okay, but that's so that, that's a that's way a really to do it without start. like like you don't. That's a way to do it without consuming any energy. Well, you could also now the sun tracks lower in the sky during the winter. Obviously, it's right. cold, so it's throwing that light further up in the greenhouse and into your house. So mm-hmm. obviously, you wouldn't have any windows or anything open. So it would be a pretty cool way to keep um, keep a lot of that in there. So yeah. that's really not a bad idea. But so there's a lot of people out there. I was talking to Justin uh, maybe about a month or so ago. And, man, this is heartbreaking. And I'm sure a lot of you out there might be in the same positions. He was talking to me. I was talking about one of the things I wanted to do in terms of uh, feeding some of these old folks that are having a hard time at the store. Right. Um, and he was telling me, he's some, man, he brought up something I didn't even consider. And that was like all these folks that are using home heating it was touch and go last year, man, and this year it's going. Some of these folks are going to be in a bind. I think we can do. I think we can do stuff. I mean, I think we can help them. Well, I think that's exactly. I think that's exactly what we're going to have to do is come up with some options for some of these folks. Now you have electric heat. Okay, so if you got electric heat and that's all you got, you're tied to the grid, nephew. Yeah. So, so you got issues already. I mean, you might be thinking about plan, or you have to produce electricity in which you have to burn something again. I mean, just, I mean, not necessarily burn something, but you you get what I'm saying. You have to produce energy. Look, man, the way, that, if these lunatics, okay, I am a journeyman electrician doing industrial work, man, worked in many a powerhouse. I've worked in a lot of coal-fired powerhouses doing electric work, y'all. If you saw the mountains of coal that are out there, it would floor you. And that's basically, you're taking all that coal, you're boiling water, 
And guess what? It comes out electricity. That's it. I'm, yeah, I'm condensing it, but you get the point. Um, if these po- folks have their ways, trains won't be running. If they have their ways, uh, you definitely won't have coal being mined. Um, we're going to wind up just like France, or we're going to wind up yeah. like all these other places, like in Germany and a number of others, if we're not careful. So you better be thinking about some other options. So- and what's crazy is that we have all the fuel we need. And then some. <laughs> yeah. And then some. I mean, wood stove, y'all. If there's a way to retrofit your house. Okay, one thing we did, and it was last year. Son, I got to say, it was probably one of the best purchases yep. I think we've ever made, yep. ever. And that was to get an insert. Um, it's a buck stove. A buck they stove. make them right here in North Carolina. In Burnsville, where that concealed carry class is. You know, we might want to reach out to them, too. I mean, hopefully they haven't gone all hey, wokey. you might make the trip a two-for-one. Pick up a buck stove and a concealed carry all at the same time. Yeah, it wouldn't be a bad idea, man. They they make a really good stove, oh, man. Yeah. If you got to have an insert, I mean, we already had the chimney, and that thing was jacked up. It was never... It was never, I mean, they were burning like wood in there prior to that. We put that insert in. You and I installed it. Yep. Um, it was it was heavy, but it was essentially pretty easy to get functioning. We got that thing off and running, and I'm telling you what, that one stove it's, will it's heat an, the entire house. Yeah, it's an issue in the, in the winter upstairs. Uh, it gets a little too hot in Way the winter. too hot, yeah. yeah. I mean, we get some cold nights here every once in a while, but... You know, yeah, Dad likes to see <laughs> likes to see the metal glow. <laughs> man, that thing! I'm telling you, we're what, upstairs man. sweating. Man, you throw a couple of uh, locust logs in there at night, and it'll be there waiting on you in the morning. But man, I'm killing everybody we won't be, down here. We're burning. Up. <laughs> yeah, Kendra last year's like man, she had to shut that door. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So anyway, if you do have a way to retrofit your stuff, you might want to think about it. And guess what? Wood is still very much plentiful, and for a lot of us. Now, if you're living in the city, you might want to be thinking about getting out of that city. Or, yeah, or set up a compost pile in your living room or something. Or be thinking outside know. the box. I mean, today yeah. we did a little short regarding, um, did you post that up yet on uh, Patreon? No, not yet. Okay, so we got a short where, you know, there is a lot of places out there, y'all, where you can get some firewood. Now, it's a little long in the tooth, but hey, it's still you still got time. Um, a lot of this stuff is pretty seasoned. I yeah. mean, for the most part, I mean, it's ready to rock and roll. All you got to oh, do that's is... that's not the short, Dad. The short is the Gorilla Gardening update. Yeah, but we were out in the same place. Well, I guess yeah, it... but we didn't show that part on video. Yeah, we'll, we... have, to, we'll have to do that. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll probably that do that. Video. But there's piles of wood over there, y'all, for After the taking. After we get the wood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, the, I mean, there's wood over there to get. There's wood that we have here, but not everybody's living on acreage in the middle of nowhere like we do. So, it... um. Well, you could go to we what we used to do, son. Honestly, I mean, we were broke growing up. I mean, no hope, no soap, end of the rope kind of broke. And uh, my dad used to take us out there. He had this old Chevy Nova. We used to go out there and we were picking up stuff out of the woods, man. I mean, we were filling up that trunk. Believe me, that thing was dragging. By the time we get it back, we'd go out and believe me, my old man wasn't asking no permission. We went out there wherever there was a place and it looked like it was public land. We were getting it. Well, think about like a fire. Um, oh crap! What is that thing? Uh, rocket rocket stove. Yeah, yeah. Think about a rocket stove. Everybody has access to twigs. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. If you can retrofit something like that, I mean, Paul Wheaton's done um, a lot of work on that. We even have the book down there. Erica and I can't think of the other guys. Wisner. Yeah. Um, we're actually going to be okay. Th- son, that brings me to another point. It kind of jumped the gun a little bit. But in terms of your greenhouses, where we were talking about putting a rocket stove, like we were thinking about putting a whole house rocket stove, have it go under the floor 
They're talking about a nasty winter here. So I'm thinking, okay, what if we had a rocket stove out in the greenhouse, ran it yeah. underground, and then had the chimney come up on the outside of it? Would that be enough to radiate on these really, really, really cold nights? Yeah. I, I think it would be. Just like we just need to keep the frost off. Yeah, I think I'd bet a buffalo nickel that that would absolutely work. Folks, if you yeah. hear dogs in the background, I have no idea what's going on out there. I don't know either, but they shouldn't because uh, our mics are pretty good. We have pretty good mics. Oh, well, hopefully they're not hearing that. But anyway, yeah. um, you know, when it comes to that greenhouse, there's a, a number of ways out there as far as heating that thing. Some people use 55-gallon drums. They fill it with water. And because water has a high specific heat, then during the day, that thing warms up and then radiates through the night. Well, another thing with the water, if you're wanting to take a hot shower or something like that and your water heater is broken, what we did in Earthship was hang a uh, five-gallon jerry can up in the window, uh, paint it black, and uh, it's hot for you at the end of the day. Even on like very overcast days, it's still pretty hot for you. Well, solar water heaters, man, those things work. I've seen a bunch of these this greenies the, around here with them, too. This is the low-budget solar water heater. Yeah, that's one way of doing it. I mean, it may come to that. I mean, yeah. with what these people are talking about, it may come to that. Like in your greenhouse also, I want to point this out. Uh, you know, rocks, we've used them extensively in permaculture systems where, you know, the rock may radiate, you know, capture some of that heat, and then during the night, also ponds out there. Yep. You know, that's another good way. If you have trees situated around the pond, you know, that high specific heat of water, What meaning that it takes a whole lot of energy to change the degree of water. Also, the back cut on our uh, high tunnel, the back cut on the north side of the high tunnel, yeah. whatever sun is getting past the high tunnel and hitting, hitting that back cut is holding, it's holding temperature throughout the night. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good thing. Uh, some people use rabbits and chickens. We, you even talked today about maybe putting some compost piles out there. Yeah, in the high tunnel. But yeah, but I kind of like the idea of a rocket stove even more because we can right. set that thing up, let it go, and then you know we're rocking through the. It'll be nice nights. to know though. I think we should do it just so we know. Well, it just means a whole lot of moving around stuff in there, and I'm really not a big fan of that if we can help yeah. it. But if yeah. we put that rocket stove in there, man, that could serve for a whole lot of people out there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's in terms of your greenhouse and stuff like that. And if we're having the kind of winter that some are predicting, then, I mean, we should have put this thing in a while ago, y'all, but we have been busy. i got to keep my lemons warm. Yeah, well, yeah. Okay, so there's your motivation, son. <laughs> yeah. So um, as far as hot water in your house, man, there's a bunch of different cool ways in doing that. And one of them, I had an idea I wanted to do a while back. And there's been this method, I saw it years ago, where they had three different compost piles. Oh, yeah. And they, were, they weren't running pecs through there, although I'm sure you could. They were running copper wire through there. And um, they basically had like a manifold where it would run through one. Let's say that pile was hot. When it cooled off, then they'd run it to the next one, and then the next one, you know, so on and so forth. And so that's how they handled their hot water, for free even. The only thing I, am, I would like to see is them flip the piles. Yeah, I wondered how like, they does go. Does the coil remove? Like, do you remove the coil and then flip See, the pile, that... and then like, and then flip the pile on top of the coil? See, that's been my biggest concern too, because I'm thinking, okay, so you have that cop, you have that copper coil going through there, and I'm like, okay, if it's coiled up, man, how do you go about doing this without? Yeah. I mean, you have to it's be a really... nightmare. It it can be done, but it it's just doesn't seem time efficient. No. 
So no, that's one way. You need like a post hole digger. You need a shovel. Man, we need to get with Darren. I bet Darren from Hacks from the Homesteaders would get that yeah. figured out. He'll have boiling water come out. Yeah, man. He'd have that thing ready to rock and roll. Another cool way of doing hot water was, hey, if you're already putting that insert in there and you have access, or let's say it's a pot belly stove or some other kind of stove, man, I saw another cool way where people were wrapping the copper around yeah. the chimney. Not around the chimney, but around the uh, pipes going up to the chimney. And, man, that water was coming out blazing, man. Yeah. Um, but, of course, that means your stove's going to have to be rocked. You might want to use that water to heat other water that you wash with. Yeah. You, I mean, that stuff's going to come out nasty, man, especially if you got kids. Yeah. That could be a problem. But I lo- I've always liked that solar water heater, man. That seems yeah, like, yeah. I mean, you had a lot of experience yeah, with that. Yeah, I mean, I had a lot of experience with the low-budget version. The the low budget version works. I mean, really well. I mean, I had experience with the with the um, the legitimate setup, and it works. It, it you can't really tell the difference that it's like not coming from a water tank. Uh, you wouldn't tell the difference unless somebody told you, and even then, you wouldn't tell the difference. Well, going back to the permaculture solution, y'all. Here's here's why it might not be a bad idea for you to have some honey locust or black locust around. Yeah. We talk about all the uses over and over and over or again. Osage orange. There you go. Depending on your location. That um, stuff is as hard one. as woodpecker lips, man. You well, it's, it ain't no fun to deal with. I mean, no. that and the honey locust, well, even black locust ain't fun. Yeah. But hey, you want some of the hottest wood that's going to be kicking out there? This is one of the many reasons why you ought to be thinking about some of these other things because not only is it a nitrogen fixer, not only can your animals eat it, not only does it have so many awesome and wonderful benefits, but look, it's kind of hard to beat when on a cold night. Yeah. Because I'm telling you, I, I kind of covet that black locust. Like during the day, you know, when I got time to stoke the fire, that's all good. But when nighttime rolls around, um, I mean, even oak won't last through the night. We need, there's a couple of uh, dead locust trees that we need to go ahead and chop down. Yeah, we need to get those guys down. They're just standing. Yeah, so, so they're probably well seasoned in place. But yeah. I'm telling you what, y'all, um, thinking about that permaculture solution, think about it. You can coppice a lot of black locusts, and it's going to come right back. Yep. So you want to try, um, there was a guy, man, I wish I could remember his name. He was picking a lot of these guys based on how straight they were growing. So he was taking some of the roots from them, and the way he was situated Man, I can't think of that guy. Edible Acres, that's who was doing it. He was taking these black locusts and uh, saw a really cool technique that he was doing where he'd take some of the roots and he'd plant them vertically. Whichever root, the direction, you're going to have to know which direction it was. But he would take those roots and he would pick the straightest black locust he could find, take those roots, and then situate them vertically as he pulled them out of the ground. And he would wind up, he said he'd wind up with straight trees out of that. I haven't yet tried it, but, um, you know. Some people think they're invasive, but good night. We're talking about warmth. We're talking about how to stay warm. Every I'm telling you what, y'all. Nitrogen. Yeah. I mean, there's so many awesome things. So you're so you're thinking, well, how on earth does heating my home overlay with permaculture? Well, there you have it. Zone zero. There you have it. So instead of going out there and clear cutting these things and thinking they're such an awful pest, they aren't. And trust. Trust me, believe me, a lot of your animals, they will eat this stuff. Your mom has used it over and over and over again, this tree hay. So a lot of these fodder trees and stuff, y'all, I mean, there's a lot of really awesome benefits to these things, and we're overlooking them. We really ought not to be. Anything you want to add to um, the heating, son? I think I think we pretty well covered it. I mean, we definitely covered the hard parts. Uh, like the, the water part is definitely the hardest part. Um, and, oh, and uh, keeping your water from freezing. 
Well, that's with also com- with the compost. Well, that's one thing that we kind of pioneered. I think, um, you know, everybody wondered, well, why do you use those vacuum waterers? That's a very important thing to point out, son, like with your chickens, because most people have anybody that's listening to us. If they don't have chickens, then they're probably considering it. If they have a farm or a homestead, chick- chickens, many people say are the gateway drug. I disagree. I think it's gardens. But let's say you do have chickens. And this is yet another benefit of that chicken tractor on steroids yep. is that you can take those vacuum waterers. And I don't care how cold it gets, y'all. I have yet to see it get so cold that that thing froze when I stuck it on top of a compost pile. Or let's say you have all your animals consolidated in the barn during the winter. You could build compost piles around the waterers. Like if you have a big trough for your cows or something like that, you can build compost piles around them. Um, Same thing with your horses, your sheep, all of them. You got to keep them all warm, and that's one of the ways we do it. I mean... You know, the chickens, as long as they're not wet and cold, they can deal with either one, but they can't deal with both. So as long as you stay on top of that, it's going to be all right. So think about all those cool ways that you can warm things, whether it's warming yourself. I mean, little things like, I mean, like they used to do in the old days, like, um, you know, take a hot water heater or take a, a water bottle. When I was a kid, and grandma used to throw that thing because back, back growing up, I was raised by my grandmother, me and my five brothers. And, um, Believe me, on those cold nights, man, the best you would have was a water heater. I mean, a uh, water bottle. And that's what you had to roll with, y'all. When we come back, Q&A. Something told me that it was over, baby, yeah. When I saw you, when I saw you and that girl, and y'all. There you go, some more jams. You know who picked out the music this time, y'all. Yep, Kendra. No, <laughs> negative. All right, y'all, we're going to get into the Q&A, son. What well, do you got from Fountain? Um, I don't have any questions from Fountain, but I do have two statements I want to point out. Not saying that everybody else's statements aren't, you know, awesome, but here's two of them. Uh, this is from Robin Holstein. I don't have any many sats to send yet, and I don't have any pod- my podcast up here to earn any yet but I want to send a few your way. I really appreciate that you don't use salty language. I know many of those I follow use it, and I still follow them because they have good information. But boy, do I appreciate that you fellas don't feel the need to use it. Coming soon, Holstein House podcast with the West Virginia woman, Robin Holstein. Awesome, man. I like that. And thank you so much for the compliment. I'll be honest with you. I was having this conversation the other day with a homesteading pastor. If you haven't checked out his YouTube channel, you want to check it out. Um... And, uh, he, he straightens me out y'all. I mean, that that's the mark of a true friend and also my pastor. But, um, you know, I, I do want to point out to him because I've said something to him. I said, you know, you go back to somebody like, uh, the founding fathers or Samuel Adams, where they could tell somebody to hit the road or say it in the worst way, but use very creative language. For example, it's telling, instead of telling somebody to go blank, blank, blankety blank, he just said, and I always loved it. He just, well, he wrote one time, may your chains set lightly upon you. I think that's far more creative than throwing around a bunch of profanity. And plus, um, let me just go ahead and cover that while I'm here right now. Um, the only profanity I truly find offensive is if you take the name of my Lord and Savior in vain. Outside of that, I know very well that a lot of words that are considered profane were made so by some British aristocrat that said it was that way. But look, I think I'm a little more creative 
I'm not criticizing other people that use this language. Um, but honestly, I think it's, I think it takes a lot more creativity to be funny like a Jerry Seinfeld than to be funny like a Eddie Murphy. But also, if you don't use it, when you do use it, it can be used as a tool because you because you don't use it. Just when like you, a drill sergeant. When you do use it, people pay attention. Just like just like a drill sergeant. They, you never, ever, ever hear them use foul language unless you really messed up. And yeah. then they really got your attention. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, ooh, better straighten up and fly right. Yeah, if the homesteading pastor comes at me and he's cussing, I know something I happened. I doubt that's ever going to happen. If, uh, yeah, that would never happen. But I'm just saying, because he never... You know, well, I, I do never be the I do appreciate the compliment because yeah. I'm I'm not gonna do that. I think I'm a little more I'm not dogging anybody that does. I just don't feel the need to. And frankly, why take the risk of uh alienating people that are gonna be offended by that? And that's something I'm really trying to get better at all the way around in the way now there's some people I'm gonna offend no matter what. Yeah, we say far more offensive things than any cuss words yeah. to some people here. Well, in I Nashville. wear more offensive things yeah. than, than what I say. I mean, and when I say, I mean, just having a U.S. flag is offensive. Um, next comment, dirt mover, uh, tip a pimp. Just got my rice knife and comfrey in the mail. Excited to see them pop up. Bam! Yeah, comfrey and rice knife, huh? Yep. Yeah, that's a that's a good pair. That. I guess we could sell that as a package. It kind of makes sense. Yeah, I guess it does make a, a package deal. But thank you. Uh, thank you, thank so, you much. so much for your support. And uh, look, I know you could listen to anybody, go anywhere to buy your goods. You can do all this stuff. And I'm, we are truly, truly thankful for anybody that chooses to uh, purchase anything from us. And plus, we're trying to sell things. If you haven't noticed, many of you have. I mean, for the most part. These are things you never got to buy again, like Comfrey. Once it comes up, you I want Comfrey to be so ubiquitous that nobody ever wants to buy from us again. I, you know, and then bone sauce, we make that, um, you know, there's nothing better. Is it a end all be all? No, but I'll tell you what, there ain't no deer out here fooling around with my trees and no rabbits either. And that rice that we have one rice knife from Texas. If you take care of it and we didn't take care of it, it yeah. will last you and it still lasts us. Yeah. How about that? Um, did you want to get to your email questions? Yeah, we got one from, I have a couple from emails too. We got, yeah, we got one from autumn here. Um, okay. Basic. I'm going to have to condense this. Uh, basically tell me what I did wrong. I had 10 comfrey ordered, uh, back in June and July. I live in the Jacksonville area in Florida. Um, planted two roots and got them and then plant, plant a little bit, planted the rest of them later. Here it is in a nutshell. Basically, um, only a couple of them have cut up, come up, and she showed me a couple of pictures here. She's wondering, okay, um, is it sandy soil, ants, too acidic? Um, it just rained just enough in the beginning. In September, we got hit with uh, hard with the rain. I planted some at the base of the trees, some morning sun, some afternoon, some. Look, that's just, that's just how it goes sometimes with comfrey. I mean, if you have the crowns, they grow up a whole lot quicker. If you leave them in the ground, keep water on them, it's not, we've planted this stuff in acidic soil. And yeah, it's definitely not the soil type or anything like that. Your most likely issue is either they, I, since given where you are in Florida, I would say they probably drowned. Um, and possibly animals, uh, critters taking them. Because squirrels will eat comfrey cuttings. Well, so there okay. is that. Well, I haven't ran into that yeah. one yet, but... Um, yeah, they will eat it. Okay, well, maybe there's that, but honestly, a lot of times what we see when it comes to this is that they didn't get enough... She, it sounds like she got a bunch of water at one time. Yeah, that's what it, I'm saying, flooded maybe, well, like drowned. Well, not unless it was really, really sustained. Um, but if the soil doesn't drain, 
Well, she said it was in, it sounds it's like in a lot soil. of sandy soil. So okay. I don't think you're going to, if it's real sandy, you're going to have to definitely keep them watered. That's probably the number one culprit there. Um, you got a few of them coming up, but here's the beauty about comfrey. Once you got a couple of them coming up, yeah. once they you're get mature, yeah, all you got to do is dig them up, multiply them, and you are in business. And yeah. judging by the pictures I'm looking at, it looks like you are off and running. Let me see. What's that? Can I see the photo? Well, son, you're going to mess up. That. No, I'll show it to you later, dude. You're going to mess up my whole thing here. Okay. I'm tech challenged right. anyway. Well, I could tell her real quick if she could harvest yet. I harvest no, comfrey I, I all could, the doggone time. Yeah, I can look at it and tell you too. And right now, don't take it out of the ground. Don't listen to him. Don't listen to him. Wait till that stuff grows up. It's still a baby. I've got a question. Are you, do you, are you ready for yours or you want me to do mine? No, go ahead. Okay. This is from Wendy O'Connor. She said, hi, guys. I heard about your comfrey salve in a podcast I listened to and just recently purchased a jar for my mom. She was looking it up and noticed she should be cautious of overusing comfrey that contains the uh, alkaloids. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that. Uh, do you know if your salve contains this or has the dosage been regulated? I'm excited to hear her try it. I'm excited for her to try it and hope it helps the pain in her shoulder. Thank you so much for your help. All right. So. There has never been a documented case ever of anything getting alkaloid liver damage uh, from ingesting comfrey. Um, and hold on, man, she ain't eating this stuff, is she? No, no, no. So the issue is completely out of the question, uh, given topically. Um, but if you're ingesting it, I mean, you actually could eat. Well, no, our no, 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 you can't. No, no, you I'm not saying you sad. could. No, no, I'm not saying eat it at all. By any means, am I saying eat it? But I'm, I was just thinking of the ingredients in it. Um, but the yeah, so there there's never been a documented case ever of any alkaloids uh, ever. In fact, if you read the book, uh, grabbing the book right now, Cultivation of Comfrey, Medicinal and Food Uses for People and Livestock. It's by Nancy Shirley. Uh, if you read that book, you realize like what has actually happened to comfrey. Um, yeah, it, there, there's never been any alkaloid issues. Ever. The problem is it's too good. I mean, if it weren't, I mean, Justin calls this place Comfrey Lane for right. a reason. We use it every single day. And in fact, despite the fact that we got Comfrey coming out of our eyeballs, it still ain't enough. Yeah. And ain't the, nowhere close. These same alkaloids are found in all kinds of food that are sold in the grocery store. And it's easily broken down by like your you know, your stomach, yeah. your digestive system. It's yeah, easily same, broken down. Same issues, you know, the same things that people are taught. The people telling you this are the same ones that tell you that vitamin C, you know, you only need about a thousand milligrams a day. Yeah. You know, there's a whole lot well, of. Well, and they also started saying that when they figured out how to synthesize allantoin, which is the active compound and one of the active compounds in comfort. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, just like. You know, all the stuff in the rainforest out there, they're clear-cutting this stuff and then making some substitute of it. I mean, it's it's really awful what they're doing here. All right, got another thing about comfrey. This one comes from Jay. Good morning, Billy. I hope all is well. First of all, I want to say how much I enjoy your videos and learn something that helps me my farming efforts. The main reason I'm emailing, I want to start growing comfrey. When is the best time to plant it? Is it like most plants in the spring or will it grow when planted any time? I live in Georgia and we pretty much have mild winters. It's very frost tolerant. Okay, also, one of your recent videos, you were mixing rosemary with your comfrey feed. Uh, do you use ground rosemary, or do you have a specific one? A specific one. Thank you for your time. Have a great day. Okay, let's start with the comfrey. He's down in Georgia. You can plant that stuff anytime you can work the soil. I was literally about to say those same exact words. Yeah, are you just doing research sure, today? 
No, no, I just know what oh. time it is, son. Yeah. You, you got to watch, but I know what time it is, Fair. nephew. <laughs> um, no, you can plant that stuff anytime. Just make sure you keep some water on it. Um, it's going to be touch and go this time of year, depending on where you are in Georgia, but um, it may pop up, it may not, but when spring rolls around, that stuff's going to be kicking. But yeah, you can plant it. Speaking of comfrey, we should probably announce that we're going to be selling comfrey crowns at the festival. This oh. is the first time selling comfrey crowns. Yeah. So we'll be selling those, which if you want to see like some fast uh, leaf and root development, plant a comfrey crown. Yeah, we haven't been planting that so far because the truth selling. is, y'all, or yeah, selling, selling it. We haven't sold any, really. Um, and the reason why is despite every... You can't throw a rock at this place without hitting comfrey. We still can't grow enough nope. of it. I mean, for all the stuff we do with it, I mean, I know as a it's considered, it's considered probably sacrilege in the permaculture world um, to... to <laughs> to talk about one plant so heavily, but honestly, there is not a single thing out there that, that we use more. So Ben, that night that we were driving Ben hollering them back, we were driving up the driveway at night in the dark. And he said, look at all this comfrey. Oh, at our place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll get to see them down there at the festival too. I'm looking forward to seeing them. They're yeah. friends and uh, it's been a joy to get to know them. And, uh, man, one of these days I want to get Ben on this pimp cast, and we're going to talk about some outrageous stuff. Yep. Because uh, if he's okay with it, because me and Ben have some really awesome conversations about things you probably wouldn't expect. Yeah. So maybe he'll be that open That was a to, pleasant surprise. Yeah, so maybe maybe he might be open to talking talking about some of that stuff. So anyway, we got the comfrey thing um, covered. Uh, he's talking about rosemary in the chicken feed. Um, um, that's another thing we can't grow enough of, Jay. I'll be completely honest with you. And we grow some around every single tree we have in a perfect world because there's so many medicinal things, uh, especially as it pertains to your chickens. I try to put it in their feed, but I can't produce enough of it. Not yet. So what I've been doing is buying that stuff from Sam's Club. I mean, been pouring some of that stuff into their feed every day. The pigs also get it every single day. And it's not ground or any specific thing. It's just the rosemary leaves that we just pour out of there, put it into the feed. Nothing fancy. Yep. A uh, question from Marcellus Lewis. Every time I see this, see his name, I think Marcellus, Marcellus Wallace. Wallace. Yeah. And I know he's had to have heard the joke so many times in his life, <laughs> but he said, uh, Billy and William permaculture pimps. Hello again. I'm reaching out because my wife is thinking about using the MCAA scholarship, which is a scholarship for military spouses on a permaculture design course. We're wondering if you all could recommend a particular course we are both beginners in this space, but we hope to have a homestead in the next couple of years. Maybe taking this course will now give us a head start. What do you think? Is it worth taking now? Uh, whatever suggestions, recommendations you have would be greatly appreciated. Thanks for all you're doing. We really appreciate watching the videos and listening to the Pimpcast. Respectfully, Marcellus. Okay, so go ahead. Absolutely. Yeah, you're going to look at everything differently after you take that permaculture design course, uh, especially before you buy a homestead, because you're going to realize like, oh, I can now go for the cheapest homestead because I can deal with any issues. That's exactly how we look at it, too. I mean, that's how we've yeah. historically we've been at this a long time and fixed up a lot of different places and things that a lot of people <laughs> would pass on. Like Jack Spearco had talked about it when he got his place where every permaculture designer, as I understand it, were telling them, hey, you need to pass on this because it's sitting on a rock <laughs> and you can grow rock on soil. So you can you can get some pretty interesting places and places that a lot of and you could take that. You could turn it into something really special. We finally bought a piece of property with a house on it, Dad, and it's on the side of a mountain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was yeah. honestly when we bought this place. 
Um, there was a stack. I mean, I can't even tell you how many people looked at this place and didn't want anything to do with it because they thought it would be impossible to farm. We looked yeah. at it and I thought, okay, what do I have in my permaculture bag of tricks? What can yeah. I do? And immediately I'm thinking, okay, I know about this. I know about this. I never worked in this kind of steep environment before, not anywhere close to it. But I'll tell you what, it has made me a much, much better farmer, much better permaculture designer. And honestly, when you work in an environment like this, like first time Justin came over and saw how we were doing the pigs and he'd say, mm -hmm. man, you know, nobody in the mountains has ever done it like this before. No, no, no. That's not, he was saying this is the way they used to do it. No, not they would let because he was talking about how they would let them loose in the mountains and then collect them back. No, I think you're confusing Joel Salatin with uh, Justin. He was basically saying everybody in these mountains like that he knows of, everybody basically has them in a pen. I'm asking. Yeah, I think I'm you asking. might because I think you're conflating Joel Salatin with him. You know what? There's I'll ask difference. him tomorrow night. Yeah. I know Joel talked about it. I know <laughs> we'll for ask a him fact. both. <laughs> but yeah, um, you can. It, it's going to be a, any education in any way possible. Try to get it and try to finish, especially a permaculture design uh, certificate. It doesn't have to be anything expensive. They got one at uh, School of Permaculture that is perfectly adequate, and you could do it for like twenty five bucks a month. So you could do that one, that or you could pay eight hundred dollars and do the um and get the certificate along with it. So that way you can, I mean, you can design without it. But if you wanted to turn that part into like a consultation business, that's an option. But also, I mean, Jeff Lawton's. I mean, he, he is the best teacher, but you could almost make the argument that that's a really good second PDC. But if the government's paying, <laughs> go yeah, ahead. Yeah, Dave yeah. Ramsey, 101. If they're going to break bread, you better not fake dead. That, that wasn't Dave Ramsey dead. That was Snoop Dogg that said that, but that's essentially what Dave Ramsey said. If they're giving it away, you got to be a fool to not take it. So um, That's the next show. I mean, that's Snoop about Dogg the, and Martha Stewart. Yeah, well, that's not that's about the only way you're ever going to get back any of your tax money because they like to murder people with that money. So if you can get it back, um, if you can get it back yeah. in that form, you know, I'm not for subsidies in any sort, but look, if they're going to give it away, you got to get it. Avoid the ones taught at universities. All right, last one. I'm going to try to get through this. I know we're getting long in the tooth. Um, this one, it really struck me. Uh, this is coming from Brian, and I'm going to have to kind of condense it because there's parts in here that he doesn't want me to talk about, I think. Uh, he's basically worked for a Christian. I, I work for a Christian school, a home for boys. Um, says, don't mention any of that. Your episode promoting the documentary, These Little Ones, really hit home. Um, and he's talking about where where he lives in West Virginia has the worst numbers per capita in the country when it comes to foster care. Yeah, y'all, there's a that foster care industry is not what many of you might think it is. Uh, just take a look at if you get a chance, foster care initiative. It's not something uh, working on directly, but I'm extremely proud of the work being done by the ranch to help save these often forgotten kids. Um, back to my email. I'm usually working, so I'm always listening to podcasts. I want more of your content, but I don't have time to watch YouTube. And I understand uh, two podcasts a week is spreading you guys a little thin as it is. So basically, he's asking for a list of podcasts. He's asking if there if there's a list of uh, podcasts that we listen to. Yep. And uh, I believe it or not, I get that quite often. So I'm gonna just going to kind of go down my phone here. I know there's other things in there, but I, I got to kind of cut this one to a minimum. But I'm just going to kind of go through and give you some of the ones I listen to. And not all the time, but as it's relevant. And I listen to them on two, sometimes three times the speed. Um, for me, I'll just go ahead and start, son. Yeah, I'll, I'll fill in whatever you don't. I, I got a subscription to Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis. 
covers a little bit of the esoteric and also geopolitical stuff. Uh, the Hagman report, um, Alex Jones, I talked about him earlier. I listened to it from time to time. Um, cut and paste what I find is useful. Remember y'all, if a notorious liar tells you the truth, it's still the truth. There's still good things you can glean from there. Uh, Man in America podcast, survival podcast, listen to that. And we know the Health Ranger Report with Mike Adams, a lot of great information on there. Ted and Austin Brewer. Um, I, I was listening to The Real AF with Andy Frazella. Um, don't listen to it as often right now. Um, frankly, in this time in the world, honestly, there's a lot of profanity in that show. And honestly, man, I'm just trying not, after I had that conversation with the homesteading pastor, man, I am really trying to not fill my head uh, with a lot of stuff that I don't need to hear, especially when it's gratuitous which I feel a lot of that is, but there is some good stuff to get out of there. The confessionals, Tom Woods got to have that Stu Peters y'all. If there's one I listen to every single day, it is the Stu Peters show X 22 report. I listened to, I used to listen to that more often. Uh, the two mics, um, let's see here. Corbett report. That one is going to be tough to find. If you're looking at it on iTunes, because I think they kicked him off. Kill the mockingbirds. I like those guys, man. Um, there's a little bit of profanity in there, but nowhere near as gratuitous as some of the others. Uh, Freeman TV, listen to that from time to time. And then there's the other things where it's the bright side podcast with pharmacist Ben naked Bible podcast. I love that. Um, philosophize this, what on earth is happening? Haven't listened to that as much. And then there's another one called the fall of Rome. Um, that's believe it or not, that's a short list. Some what do you got? What the heck? I've, I listened to like five podcasts. Well, I don't listen. How to do you listen to all? I don't. This? I don't all the time. I mean, I kind of cut thinking, and paste. I was thinking I was going to fill in some blanks, but yeah, I don't have any blanks. Well, I do this. I have one podcast I would add to that. Okay, and that's called the Hammer Lane Legends, and it's Tony's dad's podcast. Tony, the owner of the the Confessionals, yeah, he does a paranormal one. His dad and his brother and his dad's friend have a podcast, and it's a trucker podcast. But it kind of gives you the life. Kind of gives you the inside scoop on what it's like to be a trucker. Well, that sounds pretty awesome, too. There's Which actually has been helpful because now I understand some things that like are pet peeves of yours. And also, like whenever you pass a trucker, they just want you to get past them like as fast as possible. Like, don't take your time. Don't do the speed limit. Oh, get man. past them. Boy, like, they got to be hate driving through Asheville then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then like... um. Yeah, it's just, it, I think it's, they give you a lot of safety tips when you're driving around semis. And the biggest issue about passing them is if the tire blows next to your car, you're probably going to die. Wow. <laughs> type thing. All right, yeah. so I'm going to be stepping on it even more, but we drive old vehicles, man. So yeah. I'm usually not playing around <laughs> anyway. Hopefully, you know, with the things going on right now, we probably ought to be considering that stuff. There's Look, there's other podcasts here that I didn't even list, like True News. I listen to them. Um you know, uh, John B. Wells, um, got to get that one straightened out. They had some kind of technical difficulties. There's a bunch of others, but the way I go about this to really get down to your, uh, I cut and paste. If there's, I find out what's relevant. If it isn't relevant, then I'll move on. If there, if it's just going to be a, a session of, you know, some nonsense, or if it's not, if it's something I already know, I listen to this stuff to be as informed as I possibly can, because like you, I'm working all day. And as a farmer, there's a whole lot of, it's not downtime, but there's a lot of time where I'm filling my brain. I'm like, if I'm going to be doing this, I'm going to learn something. So that's exactly how I look at it. There's also uh, books, stuff like that, that you could, I mean, there is no shortage. In fact, 
it can also be a double-edged sword. I would caution you of that as well because there are times I'm missing the world around me or I'm missing an opportunity to maybe talk to my daughter-in-law or my niece or my son or my wife because I'm in the middle of a podcast. So life, if you're not cautious, is passing you by because I'm feeling like I got to get this information. But meanwhile, the people standing right there in front of me might be suffering. So that's something to also consider, y'all. So I'll tell you what, we're going to be covering a lot more of this. And who knows? I mean, there's been a lot of requests for us to maybe do more of this. We'll see how it transpires. Uh, We'll see how things unfold. All right, y'all, till next time, you want to stay alert? Stay alive. Thank you.